Welcome to another episode of the SEM Podcast. I'm Jack Bryce, and today I'm joined by Jesper Anderson. How are you doing, Jesper? I'm doing good. Thank you. And where are you calling from today? So I'm calling from uh, Holbæk. Uh, it's a city in Denmark, about an hour drive from Copenhagen. Excellent. All right. And what years did you serve, Jesper? I served from uh, January 2002 till 2004. Okay. All right. We just missed each other then. I came February 2004. So we just missed each other. Yeah. Yeah. When when did Zach uh, go there? He started about a year after me. So I, right. I trained him. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. All right. So we'll start off with how you ended up on a mission in Scotland. If there's any backstory there um then we'll skip over want to know what you've been up to since you got home and then we'll go back and reminisce so start us off with how you ended up as a as a missionary in scotland all right well so um i grew up in the church and and my father always told us stories from his mission in in germany um, and so he would tell us all these inspirational stories from his mission and funny stories, sad stories. And so having grown up with those stories, I always had this desire to to uh, have those experiences for myself. So there was never any doubt that I wanted to go and serve a mission. And it was always something that I prepared for. And um, I had hoped to go to somewhere sunny and warm. I think, I think, I, I, I think I wrote I wanted to go to Brazil, something like that. And then then I got the calling to Scotland. <laughs> uh, and uh, very, very grateful to, to go to Scotland, but it was it was very different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not sunny and warm. Before. Definitely. And, uh, yeah. So so I mean I I I, I was I, I finished school and then I I started working. Um so that I could make the money to be ready to go as soon as I turned 19. And so uh, I think four or five months before I was ready to go, I got the calling and it said Scotland Edinburgh mission. And so I, pre- I, I, I prepared to go. Um, and then uh, went to the yeah. MTC in January and I, I got who, who I think it was Elder Jeffrey Marble. He was on here a few months ago, actually. Uh, he was my companion at the MCC. Uh, okay. it, was, it was a pretty big group, I think. 10, 12 people or something like that. Nice. Uh, going to Scotland at that time. Did you speak English before then? I did. Uh, I mean, we have, we have English in school uh, quite early on. And... Uh, but I had a really hard time understanding what was going on uh, when I got to Scotland for the for the for the first few months, uh, almost. Yeah. You know, because uh, the the dialogue was. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't that sharp in English. It, it, I, I knew I could speak English, I could understand English, but yeah, not that. That's different. Not, yeah, uh, Scottish came by natural. That that was uh, that 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 took some time. Definitely. Um, all right. Well, so January 2004, you got home. Tell us what you've been up to since then. I mean, it's almost 20 years now. Almost 20 years, yeah. So, um, so uh, six months after I got back, I went to a youth a convention, Festinor, uh, they call it here. Um, that's where I met my wife. Uh, she's from Finland. And um, yeah, we have we have three kids now. Uh, the oldest one is fifteen, Elias, and uh, Isabella. She's uh, eleven, and Emilia. She's eight. Um, the two youngest girls they're very active gymnasts, um, and uh, and the oldest one is is a is a is a very serious cyclist. Oh wow. Uh, I don't think I, I I go too far by saying he's probably one of the best in the world in 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 his age fifteen. Wow! So he he we we tour around Europe 
uh, all the year where he goes racing. Um, it's a busy life. <laughs> and then, yeah, I guess uh, so. Seven years ago, uh, I started my own company. Um, we have we have a, have a company uh, called Plainlight. Um, it's I think it's pretty difficult to translate to English, but basically what it means is to plan and to play. And so the company that that we have is uh, uh, is selling playgrounds and outdoor equipment to schools and uh, nurseries and uh, building projects and stuff like that. Okay, that sounds like fun too. Yeah, it is. We have a lot of fun doing that. That's great. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's go back. You can start at the MTC or Scotland, wherever. We'll just kind of walk through areas, companions, and whatever you want to whatever you want to cover. All right. Well, so, um, well, I went to the MTC. I had Elder Marble as a companion. Uh, it, was, uh, it was, I think, three, three long weeks. Um, it was it was a great experience, but but I was ready to go to Scotland. Uh, I was about to explode. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, so I got to Scotland. I uh, I got Elder uh, Smoker as a trainer. Uh, he's uh, he's from he, he's he's from Utah, and uh, he was a great trainer, great missionary. Um, I remember when I met him. I think it was the first night he took me aside and he was like, Elder Anderson, are you good at listening and understanding the promptings of the spirit? Uh, because we need that. Uh, and uh, he, he was very humble and just a great teacher, great missionary, uh, great trainer. And, and so we got, we got to a place called uh, Bathgate. It's the Livingston Ward. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we, we whitewashed the area. Um, and um, yeah, it was it was it was some tough first weeks, great first weeks because uh, when when I got there, I, I found out how much I had to learn. Uh, uh, in particular, in trying to to teach in a foreign language, uh, I could understand yeah. the whole conversation, but but teaching the gospel in English. That was a that was an obstacle for me in the beginning. Uh, so I, I spent a lot of time memorizing and a lot of time studying. Uh, in fact, I, I had I, I I felt like I really needed to do an extra effort. So I, I remember getting up sometimes a few hours earlier than I had to to memorize the discussion, so that I I felt like I could teach properly. Wow. Uh, and. Uh, we had, we had some great experiences, uh, Elder Smoker and I. Um, I remember after being out for about two two weeks, we knocked on this uh, sweet lady's door, Jenny, and uh, Jenny Smith. She, she she opened the door and it was raining, and she was like, "Come on in." <laughs> she felt sorry for us and she let us in. And uh, Elder Smoker had had said. You know, Elder Anderson, how they always say "ken" here. Don't don't worry about that. That's because they keep referring to this famous Scottish warrior. Uh, they they like him so much, so they they keep referring to him. Don't don't pay attention to that. And and Jenny kept saying "ken," <laughs> and and I was like, that's funny how you she keeps she keeps saying "ken." Uh, but I actually had a very spiritual experience sitting there in her living room because I kept looking at her and I was like, that's funny. I know you, Jenny. I, I can't. Have you been to Denmark? I thought to myself, where where have I met you before? Um, and and it took me a while before I recognized that. That I, that I was that I was being prompted. Elder Anderson, you know her because she's going to join the church. And and I had that feeling that I knew her, and so oh. I remember walking back to the apartment afterwards. And Elder Smoker was like, "So, Elder Anderson, what what kind of things do you think we could have done better?" <laughs> and there was a lot of things I could have done better because I was brand new, uh, and and he was just being nice, trying to help me realize some of the things I could have done better. Uh, and then then I told him about my experience about. Jenny, I, I don't, I can't explain this to you, Elder Smoker, but I know her, and, and she's going to join the church. He said, "That's great, Elder Anderson. 
let's uh, let's work with her. And he was very humble and great at uh, having faith in me. And so we we worked with Jenny and um, she had a lot of obstacles she had to uh, overcome to to get ready. Um, but she got baptized. And um, uh, one day we were sitting in her living room and her sister, Delia, was there. And she was like, how come you haven't knocked on our door? And, and we're like, where do you live? And uh, so she gave us her address and we we're like, we've been there. We've been there more than once. <laughs> you just haven't been home. And so uh, we, we started teaching Delia and uh, she had two kids, uh, Robbie and Sarah. And it was just a wonderful time uh, when I look back on how we taught them the, the gospel and how we, we, we drew out the plan of salvation on the living room floor. Uh, their children as well. Uh, great, great memories. Uh, I went to visit them here last month. Uh, I was in yeah. Scotland with my family, and, and and they're 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 doing great. That's incredible. What a way yeah. to what a way to start out. Uh, in fact, uh, there's a there's kind of a story that goes with that story that I need to tell. Um, sure. Have you you have you heard about the uh, something called divine signature. Basically, that's that's when the Lord. I want to say, uh, in like a, in um, in a great manner, shows that He's in charge. You know, uh, He kind of shows off. <laughs> I want to say, and so I, um, when I one of the stories that my father had told me was of one guy that he had baptized on his mission many, many years ago in Munich, uh, elder he brother Hedenkofer. He had lost contact with him for 20-something years. And then my older brother was getting ready to go on his mission. Uh, he was going to Leeds in England. And then he got a roommate on, on the MTC called Elder Hedenkofer. And then Elder Hedenkofer asked my brother, so do you know a brother Anderson from Denmark? Because... Nils Anderson, because he's he's the guy who baptized my father so many odd years ago. Oh my goodness! And uh, so, what are the chances of these two young men leaving at the same time, going to the same mission, and then winding up in the same room at the MCC? Uh, that's that's. It was my uncle who introduced me to this principle, calling calling it a divine signature. I I, I always uh, remember that story, and then. I went on my mission and we baptized Jenny, Delia, and Robbie and Sarah. All, they all joined the church, the whole family. And then I lost contact with Delia for many years. And then I think it's seven years ago, something like that, eight years ago, I got a message from Delia. I had lost contact with her. Uh, and she sent me a picture of a whole bunch of missionaries in the MTC. And she said, do you recognize anyone in this photo? And so I looked closely on, on that photo and I saw a picture of my cousin, Louisa. And I was like, Louisa, why is Delia sending me a picture of my cousin? And then I recognized up in the other corner of, this, of the picture, there was, a, there was a picture of Sarah, her daughter. Except she was not eight or nine years old anymore. She was, she was, uh, uh, she must have been something like 20 or something. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, she was wearing a missionary badge, and guess who her companion was? My cousin. Doesn't yeah. Going to the Man. same mission, same time to the same MCC, being companions, and I I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, and and I just felt so humble uh, when I saw that picture. I had lost contact with her, and I'm so grateful she shared that picture with me because uh, I just felt wow. Uh, how grateful I am that I went to Scotland so many years ago. Uh, yeah. I like that divine signature. It's great. Um, yeah. So, so uh, we went to visit them uh, last month and, and, and they're, they're doing great. Uh, Sarah's uh, married in the temple and they have their first kid on the way and uh, Delia is married in the temple. And I mean, they're just a great family. It was awesome to see them. Uh, uh, and uh, Elder Smoker was 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 an awesome trainer who worked so hard, and he he was humble, so humble and spiritual, and it was it was just a great time. 
And then, uh, yeah, then I remember after, after, after being there, I think for, it was, it was, it was, an, it, it wasn't at normal moves that I got moved to Dunfermline. I think it was two or three weeks before. So it was in the middle of a move. Uh, he got called up, uh, Elder Smoker. And I heard him have a conversation with, with President Wilkinson and, and then he's like, it's for you. <laughs> and then uh, I had President Wilkinson on the phone. He was like, I want you to go to Dunfermline. Uh, I want you to train a new missionary who's been there for a number of weeks. And uh, he's had an unfortunate experience and I need you to take over. Uh, and so in the middle of a move, I got moved to uh, Dunfermline in my second area. Wow. Uh, and from uh, being trained to training yeah uh, so i got moved from being yeah being a, a greenie then i got moved to being a district leader and and the, and, and the trainer and uh, that was a i was like what <laughs> are you sure president <laughs> and uh yeah that was that was a lot of fun then i got to don Furman and i got to to train elder annika monty annika from canada uh great great guy as well and we had a lot of fun uh i i i've lost contact with him he's not on facebook i think so i, I need to reach out to him sometime uh, i've heard uh um Derek Cooley speak of him here on the podcast as well uh, yeah i think i've had other people mention him mention his name as well but like you you, you should call uh, Monty Annika. We need we need to get him on here. Uh, he, we'll he, have to. We'll see what we can do to track him down. He's a he's just a great dude. He he's a lot of fun, um, and and at the same time a spiritual guy. So so I remember getting there, and they had this funny bathroom where you could switch on and off the water on the outside of the bathroom. So there was like this tradition when you got to this flat that. When you went to the toilet, then the guy who who knew about this would then aim the shower head towards the toilet seat and, and switch it on full power. And then as soon as you sat down doing your business, then he would switch on the water on the outside. <laughs> and you could do nothing except just sit there and eat the water. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So, so every new missionary who came to that apartment got that treatment. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was it was a good tradition, and um, we uh, we had we had a great time there. Uh, so we we uh, we had we had a few baptisms there as well. We 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 baptized a, a guy called Wayne. Uh, and we also had a young young guy, very young guy, uh, Kyle Hood, who got baptized. Uh, that was with Harry Mueller. Uh, I think I was I was with Elder Annika for two and a half months, something like two two months something, and then he got moved off, and then I got to train again. Uh, a guy called Harold Mueller from Switzerland. Okay, he was an older missionary. He was twenty six when he got sent on his mission. Uh, also a very humble and great, great guy. And uh, I didn't sleep very much because he snored, but he was a great missionary. <laughs> I was like, Paul Mueller, stop snoring. <laughs> uh, he would snore so loud, but, but man, he had a big heart and uh, we had a great time. And, and we, we, we found a uh, Kyle Hood through a track, what, what's it called? GQing on the high street in Dunfermline. So I, I think it was actually uh, Elder Mueller who stopped his mom and his mom was like, I'm not interested, but I have a son who keeps asking me questions. Please come by and teach him. Wow. And That's so awesome. we, we came by and we taught Kyle. He was 11 years old uh, and uh, he was asking a lot of questions. He was very, he was very curious uh, about life and spiritual matters. And so we gave him the Book of Mormon and committed him to read and pray and we came back, I think, two weeks later, and he had read basically most of the Book of Mormon, he said. And we were like, yeah, sure. So we started asking him questions, and, and then he kept telling stories about Alma and uh, Third Nephi. And I mean, he, he had read the book uh, for sure. Uh -huh. 
And uh, then we were like, so Kyle, how did you feel as you as you read the book and as you as you prayed on it? And he was like, and this is one of the best descriptions of the Holy Ghost I've ever had. Uh, he said, it's kind of like eating a good pizza, except you never get full. Uh, and uh, I thought that was just a great description of of getting a confirmation yeah. of the Holy Ghost. Words uh, of wisdom from an 11-year-old. Right from an 11-year-old. So so he got baptized, a great example, and his whole family was there. I mean, they, they weren't interested in getting baptized or or even being taught, but but they, they supported him. Uh, uh, I've lost contact with both uh, Wayne and Kyle. I've tried to reach out to Kyle. I found him on Facebook. Uh, I, I don't know how he's doing today, uh, except I know he's married. Um, but a uh, great kid, great experiences, and and uh, a great time there in, in Dunfermline. Uh, we visited with uh, Paul and Sister Lynch. Um, in in Dunfermline, great family. They were they were he was the ward mission leader at the time. Um, so I went there. Yeah, I wish that I wish Zach was on because he spent a, a good amount of time in Dunfermline. So oh, Zach Zach spent time there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he he will know the Lynches. Um, so uh, it, it was great seeing them. They live in the same same spot. The same house. Um, the only thing that had happened uh, that's uh, important is that they, their oldest son uh, passed away. Uh, I think last year, uh, he he was uh, he, he he was hand, he was handicapped. Jared, I think was his name, um, but he had made a big influence on in, in the whole ward and the whole stake. Everybody knew who he was. Uh, Great family, good example of so many things. Uh, it was great seeing them again. And then after Dunfermline, I got, I got moved to uh, Stornoway uh, on the Isle of Lewis. And uh, I got to be companion with the elder, elder Gilmore, elder Red Hawk Gilmore. Right. Uh, wow, powerful missionary, great, great guy. And also with the elder Olson, Trenton Olson from uh, Utah as well. And great missionaries, both of them, hard workers, spiritual, great teachers. Um, uh, yeah, it, basically all the way through my mission, I was very lucky uh, getting missionary companions that I just came along with very well. Um, at, at least I felt I did. Uh, I, I, I was very <laughs> for having being so lucky and um, and uh, on the Isle of Lewis that was a that was a very interesting experience um, uh, I mean I have never been introduced to so much anti-literature uh, against the church ever I mean I've never seen a place where, where this exists in the way that it did at that time at least it was almost like a daily event that, that we would be presented to something uh, or somebody would say, come in, and then they would go upstairs. They would come down. They had several books against the church, and they would start, oh they would start bashing, you know. <laughs> uh, so, it, I mean, uh, it, it was a high learning curve at that at that point. Um, and, and I think it's, it's, it was a great protection that, that, that you were missionaries uh, when, yeah. when you presented with all that so and i don't think there's much that i haven't heard <laughs> or haven't been presented because of that time there and um, which for me was a good learning experience and um, um, yeah we we had we had uh, we had some great baptisms up there as well and uh, we had johan and jordan and imam that was uh, that was actually a couple of that was a great family that Elder Menino and, and Elder um, Gilmore had found right, right before I came up there. So I just we just I just kept continuing teaching uh, them with Elder Gilmore, and they they got baptized up there. Uh, and uh, we also met a lady called Melanie. She also joined the church up there. Um, but it, it was I mean it was very small. Uh, Maybe fifteen people at church, twenty people at church, if 
at best, sometimes less. So they were basically switching turns on giving a talk on Sunday. <laughs> um, and they, 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 they tried to fill out the time. Um, and, and just so many unique experiences up there. It was, it was dark. It was during the winter, so it was dark all the time. So the sun would come up at 10 and go back down at 1. I mean, we had a few yeah. hours of light. It was just dark all the time. And many places on the island, there was, there was no light. Uh, and so we would have like this book where we where we keep like tapping records. And the numbers didn't work out up there. So you would have the name of the street. Sure. But then the numbers would be like number one, number 22, number 308, number six. It made no sense. And so the the records would be like uh, house, white house by tree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> big yellow house, nice view. Uh, <laughs> Uh, house by telephone post, something like that, because otherwise it just didn't make much sense. <laughs> and it was just completely dark. And many places they would have the, the, the key in the door on the outside. The doors weren't locked because everybody knew each other up there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was, uh, and, and you could tell you came into some of these people's houses and they've been sitting there in the dark for the last few months. And I mean, there was definitely some people who were suffering from depression up, up there <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it was just a great experience uh, being, being up there. And then uh, there were, there were some very strong, very strong members up there because you had to be. You re you really have to be extraordinary, strong, uh, yeah, to live. Um, yeah, and then the, where did I go after Dunfermline? I went to uh, wrote some notes down. I went to um, I went to Dalkeith. Yeah, that's right. Uh, by Edinburgh, close to Edinburgh. Uh, I got to serve with Kurt Rentlesparker. He was also a Utah boy, I think. Uh, and uh, and also with Judd Sweat, um, he was a former wrestler, I think, a uh, little tight, strong uh, dude, uh, both very uh, humble and and spiritual giants. Uh, I had a great time with them. Um, uh, that was the. Yeah, I think that was that was a zone leader area. So we had the Edinburgh zone uh, as as part of that, I think. Um, and um, that was the Dalkeith ward, which was a great ward, strong ward. Um, and uh, Elder Rindlisbach had been there for, I think, four and a half months or something by the time I got there. Uh, and he got to be there, I think, with me as well for even longer. Uh, so he was he was there for quite a while. So he, he knew the area very well. So so uh, he uh, he showed me around, and uh, we had a few baptisms there as well. We baptized Marion Halliday. Uh, I've tried to reach out to her many times without luck. And when I went to Scotland, I went to visit her. So I knocked on her door, and Marion came out, and she's like, "Who are you?" <laughs> I'm like, "You remember me?" And she's like. Maybe. <laughs> and it's Jesper Anderson from Denmark. Is it you? <laughs> come on in, come on. And so she let wow. me in. And, then, and it, it, was, it was great to catch up with her. Uh, and she, <laughs> she had the same humor, same person, uh, just 20 years older, of course. Uh, it, was <laughs> it was great to introduce her to, to our family, to my family as well. Um, we also had, we also met another family, Jessica Ryan and her daughter Laylee. Uh, they also got baptized up there, and then we also had uh, that was a member member baptism. That was right after I left the area, but I I got to go back there for the baptism. That was in Shields. Oh, what was his first name? Um, oh, I think I wrote it down somewhere. And then Douglas Shields. Yeah, Douglas. Douglas. Yeah, Douglas got baptized there as well. 
he actually went to visit me in Denmark a few years later, uh, Brother Shields. Uh, it was quite funny because he <laughs> he wanted to go. I lived in Copenhagen at that time. Um, so with 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 a friend um, and he stayed at our apartment and then he wanted to go party in the evening in the weekend in Copenhagen and uh, my roommate and I we, we had other plans so so he went on his own to go into Copenhagen <laughs> then then he called us up and he was at the police station <laughs> he, oh was, he wanted he wanted us to pick him up i think he had ended up in this irish pub <laughs> and, <laughs> and he had got fight <laughs> uh, yeah it was great fun yeah so this scottish guy got into an irish pub in copenhagen and got in a fight <laughs> oh man i should have gone with yeah that was classic oh <laughs> uh, yeah and then uh after dalkeith i went to edinburgh uh, uh together with Elder Menino in the office. And uh, this was at the time where six weeks, I think it was six weeks before the mission president's shift. So uh, we were in, we were three missionaries for a little while uh, in in the office. Um, so Elder Menino, uh, Elder Wiggins, yeah, and then myself uh, for a few weeks, I think it was, because of this switch thing that they wanted to get ready for the whole mission president switch. And then Elder Wiggins went home and Elder Menino and I uh, stayed uh, on as assistants to get ready when President Reigns came in. And um, that was that was a that was a crazy experience the way I remember it. I mean um president wilkinson had been in the office for three years and he had everything down he knew exactly where to go how he wanted things to be done and the assistants just kind of uh, quietly went along we did everything he said and yeah. everything he was to do and he had we followed his schedule and then and then when president Reigns came in then I, I, yeah, he, he spends a few hours with President Wilkinson and then basically President and Sister Wilkinson went on their way to the airport. And then and that schedule became El Domenino and I, our schedule. From following President Wilkinson, President Reigns had to follow us because yeah. he was like... You were training him. We're, well, we weren't at all, but, but uh, <laughs> it felt like it in, in some ways because President Reigns awesome president he was so great and uh, ready and of course completely in charge but he was a little bit um it was necessary for him to follow us a little bit in the beginning and uh, he really did he had a lot of uh, confidence and faith in us uh, much more than we were used to so so he would ask us questions like who do you think we should, when we were planning moves, he was like, so who do you think we should uh, put together with so-and-so and so-and-so? And basically everything, normally we would give our opinion to President Wilkinson and then he would he would, uh, he would, would do whatever he felt like. Of course, that's his, uh, his job. Yeah. But then when President Reigns asked, he did everything we said uh, because he didn't know the missionaries. Uh, and everything we said, he did. And so when we when we found out he did that, we looked at each other and we were like, we really need that answer uh, and think before we answer because he does what we say. <laughs> yeah. We got to so step up we, your game a little bit. We felt a lot of pressure. Uh, a lot of pressure. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, we, didn't, we didn't sleep very much. I remember that. I remember being so tired that when we drove around in that Volkswagen thing, no, that's you know, that Vauxhall, that was a Vauxhall car that we drove around. I remember we were so tired that I would pull the handbrake during a red light and I would fall asleep. And then Elder Menino would give me an elbow. And, like, it's time to go. All right, all right. Oh <laughs> uh, 
yeah, there, there was just so much things that need to be done and all the traveling around uh, Scotland because we, I, 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 I rem, as I remember it, we were five or six songs yeah. uh, or something like that. Uh, there was six or five stakes as well yep. uh, at that time. Uh, I think it's gotten a bit smaller now. Uh, and there are not as many zones as well because there are a lot fewer missionaries, but but there were back, I think there were about 140 or 150, I want to say, something like that, missionaries yeah. at that time. Yeah, that's about how many were out there when I came in. So so it was a lot of interviews. It was a lot of zone conferences. It was a lot of, uh, there was always something uh, that needed to be done. And, and, and for everything during the first six weeks, President Greens was like, what do you think we should do here? And so he just did whatever we remembered we had to do. <laughs> and then we tried to remember things as well as we could. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, that was tough. I mean, it was, it was, it was way tough. Uh, but also, again, very high learning curve. Uh, we had to step up our game quite a bit. Uh, and uh, we had a, uh, an amazing uh, teaching experience, baptizing experience in, in Edinburgh, I remember. I remember that we didn't have almost any time to find and teach because of what we had to do in the beginning. And so we had really just, all right, uh, turned everything over to the Lord. You need to help us find whoever is ready uh, because we simply just don't have the time for it. So you just need to find the right person for us. And so I think this was during an a exchange that Elder Menino was out with, I think, Elder Spencer from England. So I wasn't there this evening, but this is Elder Menino. I'm paraphrasing his story. But they were out driving, and and uh, Elder Menino pointed at a building. He's like, yeah, I think somebody's ready in that building. And so they went to this big high flat, and they went down all the went through all the doors and and uh, here a guy called Jaff opens the door he was a, a refugee from Kurdistan and uh, he said uh, I can't remember if they taught him briefly through the door or if if they got in but they they had a brief discussion with him anyways and and, and uh, got a new appointment with him and gave him a book of Mormon and and then Elder Menino and I came back and we started teaching him and uh, he was just very spiritual. Uh, we taught him about, we taught him two or three discussions. And uh, I remember him sitting there on, on the floor in his living room. And he prayed about the Book of Mormon in, in his own language. And, uh, and tears started streaming down his cheeks. And, and he was like, I need to bring this to my family i need to take this to my country he said and uh, oh. and so uh, we lost contact with him uh, after that discussion i think uh, for a few months i think uh, he, he was just simply he's simply banished and so we found out that he had gone back to kurdistan sulamania and for him to go back there, he, he had, it was during the whole Iraq war thing. He was a political refugee because he was against Saddam Hussein uh, regime thing that was going on at the time. Yeah. And he had actually been imprisoned for a while and been tortured. And he had gone through a lot of bad stuff before he, he got to Scotland. And for him to go back to Kurdistan, he had to be smuggled in during the uh, Iranian borders over the mountains and stuff like that. And so he went to be with his family. And then he went back to Scotland. So over the mountains in Iran, he went back to Scotland only so that he could receive the rest of the discussions so that he could join the church. And so he contacted us at the mission home. He's like, you need to come and teach me the rest of the discussions. And so we taught him the rest of the discussions. And because of his uh, Muslim background, he needed to get an interview from Elder Swick, who, who was uh, the area president. At that time and so he got interviewed and he basically said i know that this is with a certain amount of danger that i do this but 
I, I need to do this. I need to live the gospel now that I've found the truth. And I need to bring this to my family and to my country. And so we were instructed to baptize Jaff and uh, give him the Aaronic priesthood and then send him home. And we promised yeah. Jaff that we would, we would, actually it was Elder Medino who said this. Elder Medino said he promised Jaff that he would come and visit him. I was a little bit more reluctant. I was like, Kurdistan, Elder Menino? <laughs> There's a war going on. <laughs> uh, and uh, we lost contact with him uh, for many years. And then I think, I think it must have been in 2016, 2015. Uh, Elder Menino can give you all the dates and stuff like that. He, he, he got in contact with Jack again. Basically, Jack had stayed faithful. And he has been teaching his friends from the Book of Mormon in Arabic. Wow. And uh, they, they were a lot of people that was ready to get baptized. So his whole family, a whole bunch of friends. Um, so I think in, I need to find some numbers for this thing on because I have a little information on it. So you're still uh, in contact with Elder Menino then? Yeah, 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 sure. Uh, yeah, we need to get we need to get him on here. So I've heard stories yeah. about him too, just being on the doorstep and and telling people you will be baptized. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he, that's oh. uh, that's that's the kind of guy he was. I mean, he he uh, he he was. His mom was really sick with cancer, I think, at the time when he was in Scotland, and um, I. I'm, I, I am sure that he was there because he did not want to waste his time. Otherwise, he should have been with his mom. So he was like, I'm going to be in Scotland and I'm going to do everything I can to do what I can as a missionary uh, so that I am not being here without cause. I'm sure that that's the way I, I read him, at, at least. You know, he was very powerful. He, you know, you have companions sometimes that would sit on their knees and fall asleep over the bed. And Elder Menino was the same kind, but he just didn't fall asleep. He just kept praying. I mean, he was just very spiritual. Um, uh, great, great missionary. And um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah. And, and um, so, yeah, in 2016, they had this big baptismal meeting there. So Elder Whitney Clayton, who is the senior president of the Quorum of the Seventy, goes to Kurdistan, Sulaymania, and, uh, and presides over this meeting. So there's, I think, six or seven baptisms there. Destin is also baptized. He's the branch president now. So right now, the church has been organized in Kurdistan so that they're part of a uh, a district where you have three branches in Kurdistan and I think a few branches outside of Kurdistan. So you have a district president. Jaff is part of the district presidency. And I, I mean, I think there are about 30 people that, that are coming to church or something like that. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. So Elder Betnar came there, uh, I think, in 16 or 17 with his wife and, and visited with Jaff and his family. And they have some senior couples that, 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 that helps them uh, lead the church. Uh, many of them have military background uh, because of where they are and uh, because of the history. And so they, they are more uh, capable of uh, being understanding towards the environment that they're in. Um, and and yeah, I mean they they're doing great. His youngest daughter uh, Daniela is on a mission now in London, um, which is also, by the way, where Sarah went on her mission from Livingston, and also Robbie uh, went to London as well on his mission. So, <laughs> three kids of people I've taught have gone on missions in London now. Uh, I hope their youngest son, if he goes to Scotland or London again, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, <laughs> uh, it's incredible, but then she's doing really well. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, so so the church is in Kurdistan today because of Jaff was in Scotland 20 years ago. 
that's that's really cool. So so yeah, that was I mean just a privilege to be able to be there with Elder Menino and 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 teach a guy like that. I mean, we had no clue who he was at that time. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, yeah, I yeah, it's 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 just a great chapter. I feel of. Uh, yeah, a small chapter of church history, really, because uh, yeah. it's, it's going to be very interesting to follow uh, what's going on in, in Kurdistan for the next 10, 20, 30, 50 years. Right. Uh, and, and, and it actually started in Scotland. And um, yeah, so... Um, That's so cool. Yeah, so that was that was that was Edinburgh. Um, I went to air for the last six weeks of my mission uh, with Elder Manning. Uh, he was a missionary that I came out with, and um, yeah, I don't remember much of air because it was it was six weeks and it was it was uh, it was done uh, pretty fast. I mean, I remember one Sunday, uh, it was a big ward and uh, the bishop. I don't <laughs> I don't know what he was thinking, but. It was it was the first real spot talk I got, you know. Uh, so there was a, a, a talk that a speaker that didn't show up for 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 church. So he announced who was going to speak, and the person wasn't there. Uh, and then he said, "Then we'll hear it. Then we'll hear a talk from Elder Anderson." <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go up and give a 10, 15 minute talk <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> yeah, it was great fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So um, yeah, then basically that's that 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 sounded that that rounded it up. And I remember going to Pratt's Hill. That should be mentioned as well, because uh, when when you were when you were nineteen years old, you understand what you understand when you are nineteen and go to the temple. Uh, and the covenants you make there. So, I mean, I understood. I understood what I understood at least. Um, and uh, then I got to Scotland, and I was told about Pratt's Hill. I didn't know about it before, and how we go up there and we uh, dedicate our missions, and uh, we can make promises uh, with the Lord. And uh, and I made some promises up there and then and i remember going up there again and this is this was the beautiful part of, of it i think and i remember taking quite a, a lot of missionaries up there afterwards to see them go out there and then report um, and um, it was it was a great experience for me as well i, I did not care about going home and then have to report to some high council. It didn't matter to me because I knew I had to go to Pratt's Hill and report directly. Yeah, uh, that was that was the important report I had to make. Uh, I understood the promises that I had made there two weeks prior, and I knew I had to uh, face face that. And uh, that was just a great experience to go there. And that was also the fa first place that we went to visit when we got to Scotland with my family. That was a, one of the places that I've written on. I have, I have a list, a bucket list of thing, things I want to do with my family and in my life. And, and one of the main points that was there is that I wanted to bring my kids to Pratt's Hill. I wanted to show them that this was a place in my life that had changed my life. Yeah. Uh, and Sacred so, ground. Sacred ground. I, I, exactly. And so I went there. We went there and then... I went off on my own again and had a little chat. Uh, and that was just a great experience to be back there. Um, That's beautiful. Uh, what else is there to say? Maybe I should mention something about President. I have mentioned quite a bit about President Sister Wilkinson, but I, I mean, I remember President Wilkinson being, uh, my first impression of him was just that he was a powerful teacher. Man, he could just, when he taught, the spirit was just so strong. And, and uh, I just felt like, wow, I'm, I'm just in the right place being taught by, 
by this amazing guy. Uh, I really looked up to President Wilkinson. He was just an awesome mission president, very spiritual and just a powerful teacher more than anything. And uh, President Reins uh, was <laughs> a big guy, big personality, <laughs> uh, um, lots of humor. I mean, big laugh. <laughs> and he had so much I mean I admired him for having so much faith in Elder Menino and I <laughs> uh, he, uh, he was very brave <laughs> and we did the best we could but I mean I'm sure we fell short on so many things we 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 tried to remember everything as, as well as we could yeah I know as a young man right you just kind of take for granted that the mission president and his wife are out there for three years, but the amount of work that they do and the things that they give up to, to do that is just incredible. Yeah. I remember um, right before I was going back, um, before on the, the, the last moves, actually this is another example of how much faith Elder, sorry, President Reeves had in, in us, I think. I remember him saying to Elder Menino, so Elder Menino, you have six weeks left. I want you to go and ask the Lord and tell me where I should send you. I've never heard of this before, ever. Uh, ever have I, I've never heard of a mission president asking a missionary where to send him. Uh, that's just, yeah, upside down. And so Elder Menino came back down the day after. He's like, so I need to go. And I can't remember the area, but it was part of the Glasgow stake. Uh, they hadn't had any baptisms there for years, I think. And he said, I'm going to train a new missionary. And in six weeks, we'll have had two baptisms before you sent me home. And on the, the night before we put him on the plane home, the night before they had his second baptism. Wow. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, he said the same to me. So, Elder Anderson, where should I send you for the last six weeks? And that's... Uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> uh, that's a lot of faith to have in missionaries, I think. Uh, so he he had a lot of faith in us. That's one of the things that I remember about him. Yeah. And that's that's great. Thank you for sharing all of that. I happened to text uh, Alec Gilmore while we were talking here, and he said to tell you, he said, tell that dude I say what's up and that I love him. <laughs> <laughs> That well, sounds so, like Alec, doesn't it? I back. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's true for all of us. Just for like one of the benefits of doing this podcast and getting to host it is just to tell everybody who served in Scotland, you know, we have this kinship through that country, whether we served at the same time or not, that just it, it extends beyond all boundaries. So yeah. I I love you too. You know, we love we love you as our brother in Scotland. There's uh, one other topic that you've uh, mentioned a few times. That's the whole uh, memorization and uh, teaching uh, the new, uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the new way they did after we left. And uh, actually, they started right right when I was there. Uh, I think it was a few months before uh, that they that they changed it. And um, I mean, I've had I've heard many views on it and. Uh, I, I can, I can, and this is my personal opinion. For me, I am very happy that I went at a time where memorization in Scotland was a big part of it. Uh, I understand the views of why people find that difficult and why other things also is very good. But for me, the whole memorization was like a spiritual journey. So when you recite a scripture for the 40th time sometimes something magical happens you know sometimes you're being taught things about this uh, scripture that you wouldn't have found otherwise and and so i have so many testimonies and so many spiritual experiences through memorizing uh, in scotland that i would not have been without and in my perspective i think that made 
more effective teachers, not because they should recite things, but when you seek to obtain my word, as it says, first, say, first seek, don't, don't seek to declare my word, first seek to obtain my word, then shall your tongue be loosed. I think yeah. just you know, there's many ways of obtaining the word, but I think memorization is just a very effective way. Uh, and and when you have memorized the scripture, you always know where to find it. You don't necessarily have the ability to recite it, but you know exactly what it says and where to find it immediately. Yeah. And uh, and for me, that was uh, that was uh, one of the things that helped me to be effective. I felt not that I would teach the discussions. Um, Principle one, two, three, four. I would I would listen to the investigator, and then because I had it memorized, I could switch it up whichever way I wanted to, and and teach them exactly what I felt like they needed, and it was easier for me to cover the principles because I had them memorized. That's at least how I feel about it. And, and yeah. in Scotland, they had big traditions about this. I mean. Uh, I actually found the whole material because uh, I kept it, uh, and it was it was a lot more than I remembered. Actually, I mean, first you memorized all the discussions. There were six discussions. Where did you 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 didn't do the memorization part when you were there, right? Um, I came in and was given that packet like day one. Um, yeah, and I think actually I did. Were they called sticks or something? I did the first set. So I did the discussions and then I did the first set of scriptures, got those passed off before, before the whole thing changed completely. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, maybe it's also because I'm from Denmark. It felt even more effective for me to, you know, memorize the discussions. Um I would. I would still wouldn't teach it necessarily the way it's, it was there, but it was just easier for me to obtain that word. It felt like yeah. when I memorized. And and uh, yeah, so you had first you had the discussions, and then you had all the scriptures that were pertaining to the discussions, and then they had a whole bunch of script. There was and I and I counted them today. It was one hundred and sixty nine or something like that scriptures that. Were, were called Master of Scripture. Yeah. And then they had a thing called Scriptorium, where they had 300 and something scriptures about nine other topics. Um, and then they had Mind of the Master, where you where you memorized all the headings for from the Doctrine and Covenants and the Book of Mormon and all the books of the Bible and articles of faith. Uh, and... And uh, not very many people finished that, but when you had that finished, it just felt like it was so easy to jump around in whichever principle that your investigator had a uh, concern about or question about. Mm -hmm. And, and, and uh, it was so easy to, to help them find the answer. You wouldn't recite the scripture for them, but you would let them know where the answer was. You would teach them about the background of the scripture, who is speaking, and then you would let them read the scripture and find out the answer for themselves. And it was just so easy, much easier to be effective, I felt like, because you were still, you were, you were, you had this memorized, and then you would teach by the spirit. Yeah. Uh, and it has uh, to be, has to be something in the well to draw from. For the yeah. To bring, so, bring to your remembrance. Can't remember something that was never there. So. No, exactly, and it's and, and and I think it's difficult to remember all of it if you've only read it in the morning and prepared something to teach later on. Uh, so at least I find it that, um, in my opinion, I think uh, the memorization miss, missionaries are missing out a little bit. I think on on the memorization. Um, at least I am happy with the spiritual experiences that I got through through that. Um, and the knowledge I felt like I obtained through memorizing. Yeah. Um, I actually shared some of that with my primary class today. So I teach the CTR fives, six-year-olds, and James one five was our focus today. And I had them 
memorize it with me. You know, we wrote it on the board and erased a word at a time and went through. So that that is important. Just there's a power that comes from the word of God and it's directly in the scriptures. So yeah, very true. But it was a great time. I mean, great, two amazing, hard, tough, great years. Um, I think back on those, on those years as um, some of the best years of my life, for sure. And, that's and, really uh, cool that you got to take your family back recently as well. That's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. And then, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you that then we, Eldon Menino and I, in 2019, I, I reminded Menino that we had promised Jeff to visit him. <laughs> so we we went we went to uh, Kurdistan in I think March or something like that 2019 wow. uh, and visited with the with the saints there and that was I mean that was it was amazing experience I never dreamt that my mission in Scotland would take me to Kurdistan and so we were greeted by this whole bunch of people that knew who we were they knew exactly who Elder Menino and I were and we knew not who they were and they hugged us and kissed us and i mean it was just incredible it was a yeah it, it was it was a sacred experience to be there uh, with all these faithful saints in that part of the world that are just so brave because it is not easy to be a member there you need to be very uh, quiet about it and very careful um, yeah because of wow. uh, other things that goes on in that country. Um, and uh, there are a whole bunch of people that are getting, they're preparing to go to the temple. A lot of them are prepared, but can't go uh, because of uh, travel regulations and stuff like that. So we hope that that uh, rather sooner than later, they'll have a chance to go to either the Rome, Italy temple or Johannesburg temple. Uh, and then... Hopefully, you'll have a whole bunch of saints from Kurdistan going there. Yeah, man. That's kind of full circle to where you started, right? God's signature. Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. I, I, I kind of, I kind of feel like, uh, um, yeah, I, I don't, I, 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 I'm, I want to be very humble about this because I understand this is the Lord's work. This is this is all His glory, and we are only, you know, His tools. Uh, just being a small part of it is all we are. I'm just grateful that we were put in that place and we could kind of see His work develop. And uh, but I, I feel like you know it's kind of like a little chapter that we have written on our own. Uh, I almost want to call it like a. And Menino's, Menino's letters to his mom or something like that, you know, uh, because he, he made an extraordinary effort while he was there, uh, I think, because of his mom. Uh, and the uh, boy was he and we were blessed uh, uh, through that. Please have him reach out to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. SEM podcast at 51spyla.com. I told him about it. He knows. Yeah. He knows that he is. He is listening on it, at least to some of them. He told me. I met him last month. He was in Denmark. He works for the church, so he was. Um, he lives in Frankfurt now, and he he was in Copenhagen with some family history uh, stuff, and then he he wrote me and he's like, "I'm in Denmark," <laughs> and so we took him out to eat something in Copenhagen. Uh, I was with him for a few hours and. It was it was great seeing him again. Uh, it's, Very nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, it, it 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 will never be the same. You know, going back. Uh, but it would be great to just visit with all the previous missionaries. Uh, Big reunion. Sort of yeah. But this this is a this is a great way to you know kind of revisit with people and. And hear what hear what they've been up to. I mean, so thanks for thanks for this. I mean, it's a great initiative that you guys have have done here, and really appreciate it. It's our pleasure, and it's only possible because guys like you are willing to come on. So really appreciate it. Appreciate your time today. Yeah. So um, 
Yeah. I don't know if there's anything I forgot. I mean, I could tell stories about all my areas for hours, but. <laughs> what, you, what you've shared is, is awesome. Really appreciate it. Yeah. And send, you know, you're from, like I said, just a little bit older than me in the mission. And we haven't had a whole lot come on from that generation, I guess. So everyone you're still in contact with, when this is published, share it with them, send them our way. We'll, we'll get them on as well. Yeah, you should definitely reach out to all those, I mean, people that, are, I mean, I would love to hear from all my companions. Um, I think the only one that has been on, no, there's been two actually with Elder Marple uh, and then uh, Elder Gilmore has, has been yep. on. Yep. Uh, and it's 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 really fun to hear from from those people that you've served with, yeah. Uh, and see how they're doing. Agreed. We're here for it. So anybody listening, if you want to come on, just hit us up. You can go to fifty one spylawcom fill out a contact form. That's probably the easiest way. Uh, easy to remember as well. So. Oh, and did you know that they don't they don't do the Pratt's Hill anymore? And they don't they don't do the mission tie either. Really? Uh, Since it's yeah. Ireland combined now? Yeah, Scotland Island mission is combined now. I went to the mission home and the mission present wasn't there unfortunately, but I, I visited with, with the missionaries that was there and, and uh, they basically told me that, that they're not allowed to wear the mission tie anymore. Uh, and uh, also they're, they're they don't do the Pratt's Hill anymore either. Wow. Um, uh, which I think is very unfortunate. I mean, yeah, that's a shame. Uh, I was very grateful for that experience, at least. Um, yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, yeah, we generally we cover, we'll talk to anybody, of course, who served in Scotland, but generally our, our time range is the decade from 2000, 2010, 2010s when it combined with the Scotland-Ireland or became the Scotland Ireland mission. So we're, I think the youngest, or I guess like the, the furthest back we've had somebody is maybe 1990. We might've had a 99 somewhere in there, but mm. yeah, it's generally that decade before it switched. So yeah, when every, did, it, did it switch in 10 or nine or 10? Yeah. Yeah, and it's not very big anymore. I mean, there are not very many missionaries. They showed me this map, and there, there's only, I think, four zones or something like that in, in, in Edinburgh. Sorry. In yeah, Edinburgh. we've talked to some who were there when it changed, and they expressed uh, that, that as they got ready to combine, they really dwindled the numbers down and moved everybody to the city centers. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I think they've said 60, 70 missionaries at the time they combined just in Scotland, which would have been, yeah, like half of when you and I were there or less. Yeah, and when so. there in the beginning, I think there were even more, 170, 180 or something yeah. like that. We arrived. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's also a lot of missionaries. I mean, in Denmark, there are not very many either. There are like 30, 40 missionaries in, in Denmark total. Uh, it's a small country, so it makes sense, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, Jesper, thanks again for taking the time today. And Thank you. We'll, we'll hear from you more in the future, I hope. Yeah, and say hi to Zach. All right, will do. Thank you. Bye. Bye.